0: saying us boys i won't have a problem if you aim high and miss but i'm gonna have a real issue if you aim low and you hit
1: that you get nothing for coming in last and by the way you can't just have it because you want it
0: he said when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe then you'll be successful
2: All right, guys, welcome back. Lucrative lessons number nine with your boy, Kyle Barger from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Trey Spiller from Denver, Colorado. And a very special guest, my man from the
0: Ohio State University, Jimmy Bell. What's up, everyone? It's Kyle Trey Day, I would fist pound you, but I'd beat this computer up if I did so. <laughs> My man, what's up in Denver? All right, guys. So Jimmy Bell, a native of
2: Youngstown, Ohio. Yep. Played ball at the Ohio State University. Jimmy, for those listening in who may not
0: know you, give us uh, give us a little resume. Give us a little background. I'm, I'm gonna give a quick one. I'm a I'm the quick guy. I like it. But um, born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, mom is a retired detective sergeant out of Youngstown, worked in General Motors plant to pay her way through school. You know, highly educated the whole nine yards, worked out of the lot li- worked in the library of the junior high where I was a butthead at. So I was the dude that got whoopings on the playground, right? <laughs> you know, by, by the moms, Right. In the library. My dad uh, worked in the steel mills. He's, he's born. In, he's born. He's born and raised. In the Deep South, Montgomery, Alabama, came okay. up following his his sister, Emma Bell, to Youngstown in the in the steel mill boom. You know, so so those are my roots. Um, I I, I earned a scholarship to play football at Ohio State University. That was always my dream and goal is to actually get my degree through Ohio State University. My, you know, I have friends and you know, cousins went. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, used athletics to to make that happen, even though. Like I wasn't the guy who used athletics for it. So sure. you know, I wasn't focused like that. That wasn't my thing. And uh, after going through Ohio State, earned um, an opportunity to play at the New York City Giants free agent. And uh, after that, <laughs> I was the first number one pick of the NFL Europe draft back in the day. That, that's a little bit before y'all whippersnappers time. Number and, one. Uh, literally number one pick. Yeah. Totally clouded me too. <laughs> <laughs> totally clouded me. I had I had a plan and everything. It was like number one pick, i put me on First a plane, overall. Get me on a plane in goddamn Germany. What are you doing yeah. in Germany, bro? <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh came back, um Bobby Befford, um Gave me an opportunity to show my thing at the, at the San Diego Chargers, yep. which was an amazing opportunity, and just scenery, place, everything. Just really, that whole journey was pretty dope. Once we, we ever get into it, but uh, then tore my shoulder up, mm. and then uh, and then you know that that's when that's when the realness you know b- began for me. So yeah. so that that's 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 the short the short. So let's just In touch on that for a second. So how many
2: years were you playing pro ball? Then? I played
0: oh. pro ball for a total of three. You would almost
2: say three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah. OK. So then after pro ball, the realization was, OK, I got to find another method
0: of, of making a paycheck. But when I got done playing or realized that I had to make a choice, I didn't look at the money necessarily. I said, "What?" and I can't make this up, what do I love to do just as much as Junior Seau? Loves football. Understand if you're any level of football fan. When you real quick, when Junior Sayao died, I remember Teddy Bruschi what told this story because I told this story on my speaking circuit forever. Yeah, when 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 because it happened to me when I was in San Diego. Tony uh, Teddy Bruschi got on TV talking about Junior Sayao, and he was like, "I'm gonna tell you this story." I get a phone call from the trainer. Dude is like, "Bro, you got to get Junior, bro." And Teddy's like, what you talking about? I got to get Junior. He said, man, dude, dude wants to be up at three and o'clock in the morning working out every day. And and Teddy's like, what the hell I got to do with me? And he said, bro, if Junior wants to be up at three, that means I got to be up at two. You need to get Junior. But what what I was very fortunate enough to see and it helped me realize about particular gifts when I was at San Diego. Junior Sal was up at three o'clock in the morning, homie, working out by the time we had to be at mandatory seven o'clock breakfast. Junior was on fire. Yeah, I'm talking. He was popping. You know what I'm saying? So my thing wasn't so much the money part of it, because I had already experienced some successes in real estate. My thing was what, Jimmy, what's in your soul that you love to do? As much as Junior say, I freaking loves to get up. And, and at what point did you ask yourself that while you were still playing ball? It was when I was still figuring out when I was playing ball. It was it was when I was injured, and okay. I you know when I tore my search, I had a little uh, at the time it was a unique surgery. Um, but I, I had to figure out, okay, Jim, are you going to fight for this? Like yeah. you know, fight to sure. for this journey, this football journey, right? Mm-hmm. This. You know, when you when you want to play football, you go to this team, you go to this team, you get on this plane, you pack this bag and you do this and you go to camps and you die. You know, are you going to do that, bro? Man, so you're at a crossroads.
2: You just tore your shoulder and you're like, look, I'm playing with one of the the greats. Right. Hall of Fame guy, Junior Seau. He's up at three because he loves it. He wants it. And you had to have a little bit of a gut check where you're like, do I want it that much or is there something else in my life
0: that I want? More. What's what's my what's my flow? What's in my soul that I want to do the same way that excites me the same way that I know football excites Junior? And, and that's actually a beautiful thing, because I feel like most
2: people don't ask themselves that ever. They take a job. They follow that typical rat race. And especially maybe even some guys who are those one percenters who actually make it to the NFL. Are they there because they want to play football or are they there because the paycheck, because the fame, because the notoriety?
0: Right. I personally think that most people, most humans, we, we do allow life to dictate our journey and our experience. Now, which isn't all bad if you're self-aware, because this is what I believe. I believe we all have a gift. Right. I believe we all have an individual gift. There's something that you do differently. You, you solve problems differently. You see the world differently. You express things differently. And then I think we all have courage. Right. There's some things that we don't want to do. But we're gonna work our butt off to do them anyway. Sure. And then I think you take that gift, you take that courage, and then you put it on whatever opportunity you choose. You see what I'm saying? Like, I I think that's. One of the biggest gifts God gave us is the opportunity to choose. So we get into whether it's in faith, whether it's in personal development, find your purpose, find your purpose, find your purpose. I think that's freaking ridiculous. Most of us won't even know what our purpose was until we're gone and dead. Right. Because it's going to be written in a book or Kyle's going to talk about the impact that Jimmy had. Right. Even in the Bible, when you read the Bible, God never said, find out what your purpose is. He said, I have a purpose for you. He never tells you to find it out How frustrating can that be for somebody For someone who has this burning inside them And someone's telling them That there's something you're specifically here To do one thing And you can't get a hold of it You know what I'm saying Well what I believe I believe you do all have a gift We, We again You may have to have some extreme courage to operate in it, but there is something you're good at. Totally. There's something that it's attractive about you. There's something that's alluring about you. There's there's something that you can articulate and you device it through and you can work through it the way no one else can do it. And that's your gift. Where are you going to what opportunity are you going to put that gift on? Sure. You see what I'm saying? Most people are dictated by the rent. Most people are dictated by that car they want. Most people are dictated by Kyle. Most people are dictated by Jimmy. Most people are dictated by all of these other things instead of saying, if all things were equal, what's in your heart? What would
2: that look like? For sure, and that's something we talk about. So like you take the Venn diagram and it's exactly what you're saying. One circle is, what are you good at? The next thing is, what would you like to do? What would be your passion? And then the third is, what does the world need? And to right. me, there's, there's a business, there's an opportunity there. Right. When you can get the intersection of all three of those things. Because like you can do something that you're like, hey, I'm good at this, and I'm passionate about it. But if the world doesn't need it, or if there's already a million of those guys out there, it might be a tough way to make a buck. Right. But a lot of times, if you can find that unique opportunity where it's like, hey, I'm good at this, I'm
0: passionate about it,
2: and the world can use it. Man, there's a lot of good to be had, right and you
0: there. know what? Too, with two, we suck at compartmentalizing things, too, bro. Like, let, let, let's keep it, let's keep it real, let's keep it honest. Okay, I'm dope in a particular area. Let's just—I'm not saying specifically what it is. I realize that I'm dope in a particular area, right? Well, in our country, our culture, and our humanity, you still need money, right? So there's some things that we we don't compartmentalize them well. There's some things that we're going to do for the cheese. Period. Sure. And and we have to be so secure in that. And what we this is what we sometimes do. We sometimes try to find a way to and It's like the Olympic circles. Right. It's like we need to blend my finances with this and this. And sometimes it's just not that way. Sometimes we need to operate our lives like true CEOs. True CEOs are true entrepreneurs, whether we know it or not. They just work for someone. But the thing is, they're taking their gift and they're saying, my gift is worth this. What are you going to pay me to come to your company and bring my gift or my resources or my whatever? Well, we don't look at it like that. So what happens is we, we need to intersect our work with our. Passion, or what we like to do, and then we somehow think that it's going to flow into my com- community activism, right? And such and such and such, and it's like, nah. The only thing that's consistent is your gift. That's how we were created by our Creator. Our gift is going to remain consistent. the The, the opportunities and the objectives, the opportunities should match the objective because I think this is what'll happen. I think most of us will be more fulfilled if we come into Our opportunity with the proper objective, the proper expectation, we think we're going to get some type of fulfillment out of starting a million dollar business that we actually need to take care of our family. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to saying this is my gift. I'm going to create this million dollar business that I'm going to lend my gift to to take care of my family. You see what I'm saying?
2: So let's talk about that. So, Jimmy, you had a gift that led to millions of dollars when you were playing ball in the NFL. Absolutely. Now your gift has taken you to change lives through your time, your talent. And to me, since I've known you, to me, your gift is, is is speaking your mind, empowering people. You're a magnet for like positive energy. So like right now with what you're doing at speaking at schools and to companies all around the country and what you're doing beyond ability matters. So let's talk about that. So you went from lending your gift for the big paycheck to now lending your gift for a bigger. Check this
0: out. I actually think that my okay. let me be like this. My gift is that I'm a lover. I'm a lover. Everything ends and starts with there. Yeah. So, as a lover, you have to walk in compassion, understanding, and empathy. Yep. So, my success as a business person in the community, as from an individual life coaching, from speaking, it all literally comes from me being a lover sure. and what it means to be a you know the, the best lover, at least according to what my personality says. Well, athletics was simply a platform. You see what I'm saying? I don't think I personally don't think athletics. Is a platform because the physical fades. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Just like a beauty queen, it, right? 100 percent homie. It's a platform. Use the heck out of that platform now, sure. right? If you a pretty girl and it gives you a conversation <laughs> somebody else can't have, hallelujah, yeah. right? I'm with it, you. it is what it is. If I can run faster or I'm quicker or I can shoot a basketball, it's a platform. Yep. Believe it or not, people, that's why that's why I always laugh and a little bit chuckle. When I'm not saying you, but other people, they look to athletes in a certain perspective, which sure. is false. Expectation. Like a celebrity. Yeah. Like they have the answers. I'm not saying they don't have the answers. They're human. They have experiences. They have intellect. They can figure whatever else too. do. Sure. But that alone doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? Just because you can run bigger fat. And some of the times that's a huge hindrance. I played with tons of guys that were all America's. I'm talking big ballers coming in Ohio State. I'm gonna be here for three years and be gone. And and their the totality of all their success was based upon bigger, faster, and stronger. Not even realizing that I'm in the most amazing system for success. So they so they learned to master bigger, faster, and stronger as opposed to mastering the system for success. Mm -hmm. So now what happens when your football career is over with sure. in college and things didn't work out NFL-wise that you thought? Sure. Dudes walking around depressed, yeah. not knowing how to figure it out, wondering what's the – looking for handouts, sure. looking for people to such and such, having conversation, not improving themselves. It's, 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 it's actually kind of – It's from kind a, of sad, right? It's, it's
2: sad and ridiculous. Because these guys go from being – the the king of, of campus, right? Listen. Where 60,000 people are looking up to him, not to mention the millions of the state, the fans, all this stuff. And then if and again, the NFL's only taking so many
0: people. Listen, bro. Even even what you think you're awarded through being a, an Ohio State football player isn't all that does is give you a conversation. That's right. I remember I remember I was doing some work, some life coaching with some kids, some little hood ghetto kids at West High School. Great athletes. Coach comes in the office, and I'm honest. I tell all my people, like, listen, you're going to get honesty from me. You may like it. You may not. You're going to get honesty. Coach, so I'm building this rapport with these kids. Coach comes in, totally interrupted my energy, bro. Jim, tell these kids that they get their stuff together. They can play out Ohio State, and everything will be lined up for them, and they can do whatever they want. I said, Coach, with all due respect, I refuse to tell him that. And he looked at me like, whoa, why not? I said, bro, that's not true. Yeah. I said, I just told them that I would always be honest with them. And what I told the fellas while the coach was there, I said, you are in control of your opportunities. So while are you acting a fool right now? You're limiting the opportunities according to this platform. This athletics can be a platform to change your lives. While you're frustrated right now, this can use this platform. So now when you're at Ohio State, it's not over. When you go to Purdue, it's not over. When you go to Nebraska, it's not over. It's just beginning. You're in a whole new system. So you need need to learn how to relationship build. You You need to learn how to submit. You need to learn leadership. You need to learn all of these different things. You need to learn what this system of success is going to teach you so you're prepared for the conversation. And what I mean by the conversation, it's whatever. It, being out of Ohio State, me saying I'm Jimmy Bell at Ohio State University and, and I'm on TV a little bit and this and this, people are going to say, okay, what do you need? What, how can I help? How can I be a part of that? Sure. Such and such and such. As opposed to me looking at you saying, How can you help me? Mm -hmm. What can you such and such? No, it lends for you a conversation. And if you come in here with the false expectation, thinking that just because you were here or you're this person or you did this, that there's there's an expected something for you. Man, you're gonna fall. Let's
2: break that down. So so that's a little bit of like the entitlement thing, right? So you're like, hey man, I got here because of this skill or talent. I'm entitled to this. Yes. But man, how many Heisman Trophy winners? are not still playing in the NFL right now insane, or bro. didn't even get drafted or didn't make it past a year. Right. Those are all guys that now need to rely on a totally different set. Yes. To, to make a paycheck. This- and then that even takes us to the next step of like, it's about adding value. Just like you're talking about yep. when you have that platform, people are saying, Jimmy, how can we work together as opposed to all of a sudden that platform's gone. And then it's, Hey, can, can you help me with a job?
0: Can you help me with this? Yes. It's like, man, you lost your platform. One hundred percent. And most people don't know what their platform or what they're bringing to the table. Until it's too late. Until until, until it's, it's too changed. Late. So now you've had the opportunity. You got the opportunity. You got the conversation. What, what what do you say? Like, who are you? What are you bringing? Like, so I can f- use, use this for instance. So when I work with Beyond Ability Matters. Yeah. Uh, we're a foundation that supports community inclusions for. Kids, kids, in that, an, an, an individual with autism and Down syndrome. Yep. Right. Also work with Sports World, where a um, where professional athletes start off with football players. We go into school systems and we encourage kids to make uh, that they encourage them that they can make the best choices for themselves. In their lives and their lifestyles. And we go with with the message of hope. So we're encouraging not to use drugs, not to use alcohol. Yeah. You know, whatever your gift is, whatever you want to do, you can you can make it happen. Both both of these organizations are nonprofit organizations. Right. Nonprofit organizations. So if I don't know what my gift is, when I have an opportunity to sit with someone that needs to be in front of me, I'm supposed to tell you why I'm here for you. Right. Does that make sense? I'm supposed to be so secure in my gift and what I bring to the table that I can literally articulate to you what your value is in this relationship. Does that make sense? Totally. And that's where we miss. I actually call that loving on the people. Yeah. Right. So people think I have this huge network of people, which in essence, in theory, I, I do. Right. But you wouldn't get
2: there without adding value or love to their lives. You, yeah. And we don't you constantly just ask them, hey, can you make an appearance
0: here? Can you make an appearance here? And we're just networking. Yeah. We just want to network, network, network. And I say, well, consider this. <laughs> networking is when we're going somewhere to get something. There's nothing wrong with that. Business is built upon that all day. I say I call it loving on the people. When I go somewhere, I find out as much as I can about the individual. So now I dig so deep into the individual and what they need, what their value is. I know what my value is. So now I know how How I I can elevate them, even if I don't benefit, bro. But see, that's beautiful. Even if I don't
2: benefit guys, let's translate that. Whether that's whatever you're doing, whatever your calling is, whatever business you're in, that's as simple as saying, how can I add value to somebody else without any expectation of return? I'm here to give, 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 give. And you better believe your return on that is going to be exponentially greater than when you give with some type of expectation of return. This is what I call Hey, it. I'm giving you my time, it? but I need a favor back or I need a pay, payment for my appearance. Man, that's why to me, like when we were at that Beyond Ability Matters golf outing, there were some of the greatest athletes to come through Ohio that State. That was powerful, bro. But, dude, you better believe, A – Almost all of them said I'm here because my man, Jimmy asked me to be here, but also out of everybody in that room. You had the biggest line, man. Everyone wanted to spend time with Jimmy. And I'm telling you, whether you played in the NFL, like not even a down, or whether you didn't even play at Ohio State, man, your gift is the ability to just be a magnet. And just like you said, you yep. love on people. Yep. You're a big freaking teddy bear, man. People want to be
0: around you. Yeah. You I'm make a, life more enjoyable for everybody else I'm around a, you. And I will say this, and I say this with all humility, and I don't, listen, for y'all who don't know, for me, humility ain't hide nothing. Humility is knowing who buttered and baked the bread, right? I'm dope because God created me dope. You see what I'm saying? Like, so my responsibility is elevated because I'm created in the image of God. You see what I'm saying? That's how, that's how, that's how Jimmy, uh, that's how Jimmy operates. My CTE just kicked in. I was going somewhere. My <laughs> no, CTE let like, let, let just me dive in with you. In. So, so God gave you the template, right? Yep.
2: That's, that's, that is the, the mold you were made in. Mm-hmm. But Arnold Schwarzenegger has a famous speech where he said, there's no such thing as a self-made man. When oh. People say, man, I'm self-made. I came from yeah. the ghetto. I, my dad wasn't there. I didn't have any money. My parents were broke. Yep. It's like, no man, every person you've met along your life to this point has shaped you in some way. 100%. So whether they were coaches, teachers, friends, uncles, aunts, whatever it is, man, like God made the mold. But there's so
0: many other people that put that love and labor and making you who you are. Today. And this is the hard part where we have become so transactional. You feel me? Everything is a doggone transaction as opposed to a relationship. I sat in front of this school board, right? With this, uh, these teachers and, you know, we have to get into these schools. We, we, we get into these schools at no cost. We give them to them, no cost. All you have to do is schedule. Sometimes that's not totally easy. And these, these teachers and these, these, these high level executives, um, educational wise, they was, it was just, it was to me ridiculous. And there's a point that I go to and I just stood up. I said, listen, my president company didn't even know I was going to do it. I said, listen, man, I'm not interested in your transactions, I'm not interested in transactions. You know why? Because with a transaction, you're going to account for me to be perfect according to you in any particular day. I said, that sucks. I'm not interested. Not to mention, I know we're the best organization for your kids. We're the best people for your kids. And we're the people I know you can trust. Not to mention, we're at no cost. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I said, a true relationship is even if we do screw up, you pick up the phone and you say, "Hey, man, Sports World, get come on, man. This ain't what we talked about. Let's get this together. Let's make this happen." But we're so transactional. Right. We go from insurance agents to insurance agent with no concept of relationship, right? Your homeboy, you 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 got this annuity with your oh, homeboy, or I'm such going and such. Else. You're gonna go somewhere else. You're gonna you doing business with a vendor over here, and you don't even realize that the vendor's not even doing business with you until you see. Like, wait a minute, what happened to such and such? Yeah. Wait a minute, you just left out of nowhere? Relationships are harder to come by. Relationships versus transactions. But we live, most people live their lives transactionally. But, but let's they talk don't about even, that.
2: So when you live your life transactionally, what's going to happen when you get hit by that bus or you're sitting on your deathbed, you're going to say, man, I was really good at being a banker, at being an insurance agent. Man, I made a lot of money for another company. But you better believe when you live your life Based on those relationships That's going to be a good funeral,
0: right? Your relationship and your gift You
2: made an impact on a lot of lives You didn't just save somebody money You didn't just make somebody money That's transactional, right? Yep. Man, I got a big house I got a sweet car Big bank account No one misses you when you're gone
0: And, and if that's and, if th- and this is my that's, thing That's a shallow I'm, life And I'm an honest dude too If that's what you want Then go get it you feel me? Like I tell these, I tell everyone this, especially when they have bad attitudes. I'm like, listen, I'm just being honest. You, you don't think that you're that you look this way. But check it out. If you want to be a douche, be the best douche you can be. Like, I'm, I'm not the guy that's going to say, oh, Kyle, stop I- doing such and such. Now, if you tell me that you're not a douche and you don't want to be a douche, now I'm in your butt. Now I'm in your butt. But if you don't care, so if you want just the cars and the such and such and you don't care about nobody else, then understand whatever consequences of of that lifestyle that comes with that, just be honest. You're willing to eat it. Jimmy, I got to disagree with you and here's why. You're willing to eat it. I
2: I grew up blue collar and poor. So I lived that life. My whole life was transactional. To my friends, if they borrowed five bucks, they owed me five bucks. I kept score on everything because right? I didn't know any better. Right. And then when I finally started this business and started to see the money, I realized, man, I was living my life so Absolutely. Wrong. So to me, like a big part of this podcast is I feel like my mission is to help change people's mindsets from that.
0: So you actually agree with me. I totally agree
2: with you. You, you agree, But if somebody but chooses, I want to intercept it. I want no, no, no. to hug them and bring them in and be like, yo, but I'm this, telling you, but this is that's where, not the but, right path. But the,
0: true, but the true change doesn't come from Kyle. The true change has to come from the individual. Yes, exactly. Does that make sense? But that's so what I'm, with saying, Jimmy does, I'm not trying to hand him a fish. I'm trying to say, no, no, no. Right. It. So this, in the same sense, that's what you and I do. We just, yeah. we just have different, different personalities. personalities. Yeah. I just say, hey, be a douche. <laughs> Great job. High five douche. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm I no, you're, I had to tell a friend, she's a leader in the community. I told her, I said, yeah, you're, you're condescending. I literally, talk, I'm looking at you. I say, yeah, you're condescending. <laughs> and she was like she was crushed but she was like are you jimmy are you serious i said yeah i said i'm sure you knew i figured you were fine with it i'm now i'm being an a-hole yeah. right because i know she's but not drawn attention and she but I, may not have been aware yeah baby you got to be honest now listen listen i almost said her name listen <laughs> if that's who you choose to be then go after it but if you're telling me that you want to be this influential leader someone who who influences people's yeah. lives in this direction
2: the actions aren't back in yeah, up. yeah
0: and the reason you're being condescending is because you're being self-centered yeah. most condescending natures come because i need you to see my point sure I need you to see my point. So now I'm just trying to say it a little softly. And the next thing you know, I feel like I want to slap the crap out of you because you're talking to me like I'm a four-year-old kid. Sure. But... That that person doing the same the same thing with different energy you're coming from that. I know that person so much. Yeah. I've dug into their lifestyle that I know how to con- I know how to talk to them to get them to or to even persuade them. Not only is I don't like persuade, but to get them to see themselves, to make a choice and decision that's going to progressively move you towards Who I think you're amazing to be. But my point is, we don't give enough people responsibility for themselves. That's Jimmy. Be responsible. I'm not taking your stuff. I'm going to be here to catch you. I'm going to be here to hug you. I'm going to be here to console you. I'm not here to do it for you. I'm I'm not here to own your stuff. I don't even argue that way. I don't even debate. I don't debate. If you say something off the hook, I'm going to be like, well, tell me what you meant by that. And I'm gonna be like, are you sure this is what you mean? Then I say, hey, appreciate your honesty. Because you have to own your stuff. Yeah, You got to own it. I own my love. I own my words. I own my attitude. The first time I knew and I took responsibility, true story, me and my homeboy at the time, Obie Stilwell, we were in the title business. We went to lunch with a realtor. We was at Cameron Mitchell's down the street. And uh, it was a pretty little girl at the front. And we're over here flirting with her and stuff. And then he, we sat down. He said, dang, Jim, why are you so mad? I said, what you talking about? I ain't mad. I ain't, what you talking about? You know, so it, it kind of stuck with me. So I'll never forget this. I call it my rearview mirror. Yeah. So I went to my car. I put my continents in the same flow that I thought I was in there. And I looked in my, my mirror and I said, God dang. He's right. You look crazy as heck. <laughs> right. And I said from that point on, I've taken full responsibility yeah. for my how I look, how I smile, my presentation, my love. No one is ever going to be able to say, listen, if 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 I write you off, I've written you off. Right. Like yeah. if I if, if you're that person then I'm like, man, I'm done. I don't trust you. Boom, boom, boom believe me. So so let's take that. So so, so Trey,
2: let's, let's bring Trey in on this. So Trey, with your experience with employees, things like that, talk about a time where maybe you've had somebody that just has a tough time accepting constructive criticism. So something like that, where like, maybe we're just unaware that maybe the things we're saying or doing affect other people negatively.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many times where whatever you're actually working with a client or whether you're working on so what I do is a lot of implementation in the software world. And it sometimes it's the way you're perceived, right? The way you come off. You may be saying the right thing, but if you are not like conveying the right confidence, if you're not conveying the right message to people, it could be taken in the wrong way. So having like a self Awareness, having a self-conscious of, of what you're doing in the moment, I think is really important uh, to make sure that you're doing from the business aspect. And Jimmy, you, you kind of preached on it quite a bit, actually, is as you're creating these relationships. And if you don't have self-awareness, you do you don't have that perspective of what you're doing and how you're selling and how you're delivering. Uh, You could be in a a world of trouble. So sometimes taking a step back and taking that constructive criticism from people and saying, hey, man, you're a little too harsh here or you're a little too uh, uh, rough around the edges here. You know, try to soften your tone. Those are really important things. So never take uh, criticism in a bad way, even if it feels really bad at the moment. Learn from it and move forward. I I get it literally every day for my wife. But (laughs) uh, for for the most part. Uh, you know, with clients, I, I pick up on it. I try to understand where I can do things better because uh, we're never going to be perfect. If you're not learning and moving every day, I think you're going to have a hard time in uh, business and creating relationships, not transactions. So, Jimmy, you, you really preached it very well, and it relates very well to what I do in business as well.
2: And the beauty of that, too, is we can get that feedback from anywhere. That could be from coworkers, employees. The barista at Starbucks, you know, somebody taking your card at the gym. Like you said, your wife, your boss, like it doesn't just come from people above you. Right. It comes from everybody around you. You may not even understand like, man, that person made a weird face when I said something to him. Or like, just like you said, you had to go into a mirror and like check yourself. And like, Listen,
0: I think we're all guilty. Of that, I'm in a right? constant state yeah. of awareness. I can't make this up. Like, okay, so I've... I said, this is my gift. So everything I do comes from love, right? Yep. Understanding, compassion, and empathy. So every little thing that happens, every little thing that I'm engaged in, like I'm in the constant state of self-awareness through my gift. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Because the, in my mind, that last experience that I just had may be the experience that the next person needs from me. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's easy for me because I work through my gift. I don't care if it's a business opportunity. I don't care if it's a community thing. I don't care if it's fitness. It doesn't matter. Everything that I do. I operate through my gift. I just think, I think, and you know, obviously I preach gift and along that is legacy. I'm, I'm, You mentioned legacy earlier. I'm a huge legacy guy. How will you choose to be remembered? That's sure. what I say. How will you choose to be remembered day to day? How do you choose to be remembered for the rest of your life? Your attitude and your actions, everything we do shapes our legacy. Every day, I can't read a book. When I read a book, yeah, I'm learning new stuff, but I'm filtering everything. Through my gift and my legacy when I'm at the gym and when I meet someone, when I'm on a phone call, when I'm working on this podcast, when I'm yeah. doing something, I'm filtering everything through my gift. So, so tell me this,
2: your gift being, you know, love, you, you do everything from a, a point of love. How does that work when you're having a bad day? You're having an off day. You got bad news. You're not feeling yourself.
0: I don't. I don't look at my days as good and bad, bro. I don't operate from a good and bad That's space. Just the, the deck. I, the I, I operate from the universe, and whatever comes to me, I, I I maneuver through whatever's given to me, right? Because I think if I op- me personally, if I operate through a good and bad space, then now I'm leaving my door open for the other side of my. My negative emotions or my negative reactions to be justified. No, if I just because something isn't working out the way that I want it to work out, doesn't mean I'm having a bad day. All right. Right. Just because just because something is working out doesn't mean that this is this amazing day. I look at my life like a steeplechase. True story. I look at my life like a steeplechase. The steeplechase, right, we know is is somewhere around a 3,000 to 4,000-meter race. Who in the heck wants to do that anyway, right? But in that each each lap, we have, say, four hurdles that we know going in that we're going to have to jump over. So I don't live my life through the success of jumping the hurdle or the failure. I look at it as— There's more hurdles coming. Listen, I'm I'm prepared for the obstacle. Yeah. And then we have a major obstacle— Right. How many people have had their lights off? How many people had their car repo? How many people had cold water in the winter? You feel me? I have for sure. So. So I don't operate. I operate from a the finish line. Right. It's I know where the finish line is. I already live my life as if obstacles, good, bad or indifferent. I'm going to get a hurdle. I've been preparing myself for these hurdles. I've been preparing myself for this major obstacle like in a steeplechase. I've been preparing myself when I think I've gotten over a hump. The the, the journey is a little heavier because when I fall down on the obstacle, my feet are wet, right? So I got two pounds more water in each foot. I still got six more laps to go, and I still got to finish. Are you going to finish? Are you going to complain and everything? No, I don't. I'm not a complainer. I don't look for the negative and and I just I live my universe according to my gift. I choose to be a lover. Give give a quick example about gift. I did this um I did this life coaching for leaders of Habitat for Humanity, and I started it off by telling them one of the one of the memes in our social media lifestyle that I hate the most is that that lady who's sitting there putting water in this little poor looking kid's mouth. I said that freaking irritates me, and they looked at me like, "Oh, geez, why?" I said because a lot of people are trying to find fulfillment on the back of other people's despair. Hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I'm not misjudging her. I'm just using that as an example. I said true fulfillment, even from a volunteer or giving perspective, comes from your gift. I said, consider this. Everybody can't be a goddamn missionary. Right. Everybody can't travel the world and clean poor people's feet. Right. In the most craziest places that we could imagine. Right. Everybody. Everyone can't do that. So how many people have a particular gift that are off in a mission field somewhere and they should be bolstering the business of that particular organization because their gift is an accountant?
2: No, that's, that's actually does that make sense? Oh, no, that's pretty high level, man, because let's think about that. You're exactly right. There could be a guy who's a brain surgeon. Stolen out soup at a soup kitchen. Listen, bro. Come it's on, like, man.
0: That guy could be doing way more good with his gift. And, but- and you think and you think you, you're not fulfilled, so you think you need to to quit your job and and get more Oodles and noodles to give <laughs> to more people, right? No,
2: but, well, but that, that's well, actually brilliant, right? Yeah. Like like thinking back where most people are like, oh, well, that's just an easy volunteer opportunity for me. It's like, no, nah, man, actually, you Thank could man. have a way bigger impact and change way more lives if you went a different route.
0: And hey, let me see your books. Why do you want to see my books? Hey, man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of the best accountants you could imagine. God put it on my heart to help people in this particular whatever. I found out that your organization actually does that. I think that m- my gift and my help and service to you will be best suited in this area. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? When I speak to Fortune 500 companies, I say y'all, you you are the problem. They look at me like, oh dang, why are you problem? I said because you got all of these people working for you. You want to you want the highest level that they can give you, right. and none of you have even asked any of them. What if all things were equal, what would you do in two years, three years, four years, five years? And then you commit to investing in that, even if you don't benefit. But you're so freaking scared that if you do that, you're going to lose the person, not knowing that you're going to get such a dynamic high level of person and commitment and activity yeah. that nine times out of 10, they're not going to leave you if you commit to them. For sure. But but I also think it's a two prong problem. I think there's a
2: lot of people that don't have enough confidence in their gift to make a change or somebody who doesn't understand that like you can carve your own path in a lot of ways. So like for us, we felt the need to do more than just hand out burritos to the homeless here in town. Right. So we just created our own charity. Right. A lot of people don't think like that. Right. They think soup kitchen, doling out soup. They don't think, Hey, let me go to this organization and be like, Hey, I'm really good at this. Let me do this for you guys. Let me carve out right. my own path, my own, you know, way to benefit you guys. Right. I don't think a lot of people think
0: like that. So no. I think it's part of that. And they're and they're and they're not going to like, no. like and we have to be fine with with that. But in being now, that's the honest, truthful part of it. You're absolutely right. And I can't change anyone. But I can be an amazing example for evolution sure. if you choose. Sure. I just, I just had a friend. I just had a. She's a friend, but, but I, I actually hit her with, "Listen, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm a dope dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a dope dude." And I said, "I'll always have the best for you. You're looking for an emotional something when I'm looking for the best for your life." Yeah. It's sure. hard. You want an emotional stimulation when I'm trying to improve your life. I said, so you know what? I'm going to always be here for you. Yeah. But I'm not giving you what you think you right. need when I know for a fact it's what not. you what you do need. You see what I'm saying? Isn't so, that
2: interesting, though? That's the same perspective. People are like, hey, it's almost like I'm willing to settle for this when it's absolutely. like you could do so much more.
0: Absolutely. But they're like no, this is safe. This is a safe path. And the worst part is the people who talk crap. They've learned well, we, we've given yeah. we've given liberty. And I wrote this in a book I was reading late last, early this morning, like two o'clock in the morning. Slight Edge, I think is the name of the book. And I were I put I put in the thing. I said, shut up, stop talking ish and just do it. Yes. If you're going to do it, do it. And I'm not talking about procrastinators. I'm not talking about no. people who tripping. I'm talking about the people who literally just open their mouths thinking that if as much as I, if i talk about it enough for sure. then somehow the pressure of not doing it is actually going to you not, know what i'm saying not, like you want to be an awesome wife or awesome husband or awesome friend and you're not being an awesome husband a wife or a friend man we talked about like this you're in not one of our being, last episodes
2: like So many people like I get it. Complaining can be therapeutic. It can be cathartic. Right. That's kind of part of this podcast for Trey and I. We like to kind of talk through some of our business issues and talk through some of these things, get perspective from other people. But at the end of the day, if you complain about something and you don't work to create change. Right. It does nothing. No, it does nothing. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about it. Be about it. We talked about this in the last one. The people who want to be the best parents are the people who make time for it. The people who wanna be successful at whatever they do are the people who make time for it. You tell me you want to get fit, make time for it. They can go like, get it. These are the things. If you just talk about it, bro, they could go get it. Man. They could go get it. That's it. But that's what we want to tell people. Look, your parents have been telling you since you were in diapers, you can be whatever you want in the world, but you better believe growing up in the United States gives you the ability to chase whatever dreams possible. You can fail so many stinking times on the way there, but I'm telling you, like you can go chase whatever you want tomorrow. And your mission is, hey, dude, do it with your gift. That if you're not do doing your gift, your gift, you're, you're holding, you're preventing the world from benefiting from whatever your gift is. But at the end of the day, like we talked about the douche, somebody could still go do something totally different and they could still be successful. And eventually they'll realize either I'm happy or I'm not. You, you either you're happy or you're not. But I'm telling you, complaining about it's not going to get you closer to happiness. That's the total opposite.
0: That's sitting in your prison cell of life, saying, "I'm settling for less." Absolutely. And what I'll piggyback on is, go after what's in your heart. I don't I don't care how ridiculous it is. I don't care if it's something that your mama told you told your mama and your mama was like, man, you crazy. Go to the pipe fitting class. Right. Like you you told the most important person that you wanted to be an actress and they told you that you need to be a teacher. Go do something else because I'm not a plan. I don't believe in plan B's. I'll never forget. Let me say this, because I think that your gift will be revealed. Through activity. Sure. So you have something in your heart, you saw something, you thought you wanted you thought you'd be interested in it. Go after it. But guess what? Say you try to be an actor and you suck.
2: Eventually you can be like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. As opposed to living the rest of your life saying,
0: What if? I call it I didn't give it I call cut? it a what if back. Yeah. I literally say I have a what if bag. I tell people to live your life with as light of a what if bag as possible. Yeah. And I tell them that the what if bag has nothing to do with successes and failures. The what if bag has to do with your individual promise to yourself that you're going to put everything into whatever opportunity you choose and comes into your soul because if it's time to move on. Now you, you, you walking away with your head up and your chest out. You're not thinking you're depressed. You're not thinking you're less than you don't think you're not worthy. You're not, you're not living a life of settling. You're actually excited. Now you're looking for the, you're, you're trying to discover new opportunities because now you've shown yourself that you have the courage to put everything. My football career is a what if back because I was the guy who, who did work off of athletic ability. And and I, I I did the minimum, you know what I'm saying? I, when junior was up at three, I was I was messing with this floozy in my room pretty much every morning, right? You know what her name was? Snooze. Yeah. It's the snooze button, right? I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to touch on this snooze button, giving myself For as sure. much time as possible. I want to sleep. I want to sleep. So when I'm at the Hall of Fame inductees that I've been going to for the past couple of years because of my homeboys, when I see my homies playing on on Thursdays and Sundays and the young fellas playing on Saturdays, I'm like, man, Jim, what if? Who knows knows how things would have ended up if I just would have left it all out there? Every opportunity. You know what I'm saying? I've had some, some of my most major failures. I'm talking financial stuff. But I put everything into that thing. Yeah. So you know what? Am I irritated that it happened? Yes. I've been working my butt off in some opportunities. But you, to, you learn from a, each of them. 100%. You got better
2: at whatever you're doing. 100%. And guess what? You can still go be a pipe fitter or you can still go be a teacher when it's all said and done. But
0: Those the, jobs will always be there waiting. And you. this is the deal. You don't even want to be one. That's right. Be what you do you. Have the courage to be you, because I'm telling you, and I just said this at Toyota Financial in in, uh, Cedar Rapids last week. I said, I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40 or 50, if you don't find a way to go after what would always been in your heart. And despite you making excuses of kids, school, life, and everything else, I said, I, I said, I said, I don't know about some of y'all fifty-year-old ballerinas around here, right? They <laughs> start laughing. I said, but what I'm saying is, if you don't find a way to tap into that dream and go after it, you'll die with it for sure. Like I'm talking, That's a sad life. I'm talking. You'll think about it. There's things that I know we all think about. Like now, like, dang, what if I would. But what if I would have, how do I think that would have, you know what I'm saying? When all you had to do was go after it, and then if it's not it, on to the next. That's all right.
2: That's all right, and just like you said, and that, you know, this isn't the young man's game. You're telling people in their fifties to do this
1: forever. So, so
2: we're like twenty minutes past. So I'm going to end us with this, and then Trey, I'm going to kick it back to you to see if you've got some. My back, Trey. The end. Day. My, my back HR yeah. guy. But
1: check this I, out, how many, man. Uh, were Toyota Financial happy with you guys after that? They, a few uh, used car salesmen probably quit after that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think all the executives left to go start their own companies. <laughs>
1: But check this yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. So
2: so Colonel Sanders, our, our boy KFC, right? He retired at 67 wow. without a dime in the bank and said, I better figure it out. At 67 years old, he said, you know what? I make a pretty darn good piece of chicken. Piece of chicken. <laughs> he went to sell his chicken recipe and was turned down over 1,000 times. He recorded wow. every sales pitch and he got better and better and better at it. So at the age of 67... He now has one of the largest worldwide franchises of all time. Obviously, he's passed away. But I'm telling you, this was a dude at 67 years old who reinvented his game right. and became one of the wealthiest dudes in the United States after everyone told him no. Right. After a thousand no's. And like, for all intents and purposes, that is a worldwide recognizable brand. That dude's face is on just about every corner you know, that we can find a piece of chicken. In. But you know what he believed in?
0: He believed th- 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 in himself, man. This is what I want, people, as we get out of here. It's eat. Listen, I don't believe that hard work pays off. I don't. I'm not that guy. I'm an honest. guy. I believe that accurate hard work pays off. Right. So you just putting in the work. It doesn't always pay off. That's why when the World Trade Center was popping, people were jumping off of it when they lost money, why did they lose money? Because they didn't know how that. to make it back. Yeah. Losing money is nothing, especially if you know how to make it back, right? But people jumping off because they don't understand. Understand that if you look at most successful people, whether it's family, whether it's monetary, whether it's business, the ones that, that work their tails off, they operated out of their gift, one way or the other. Apple, Apple, Apple is a marketing company, who Steve Jobs found a way to integrate the music business with technology. He's not a tech dude; he's a marketing dude, right? Uh, Beats by Dre was created walking on a beach, him and Jimmy Iovine, and they came up with the name. Somebody told Jimmy Iovine the other day, it's, the business is in the equipment; it's no longer in recordings. It's equipment, man. Get out of here! I'm a recording guy. You see what I'm saying? So Dre took his gift. Jimmy Iovine took his gift. They integrated it with equipment and technology. And that's how you get beat by Dre. I'm telling y'all, if y'all can find a way to continue the grind, successes and failures, so you can accurately articulate your gift, you will live the highest level of fulfillment that you could ever imagine. I think hard. the hardest reason for people to work out of their heart and their soul for the community for other people is because they're trying so hard to justifiably figure out who the heck I am. Or, or why? why am because I of so freaking miserable? Right?
2: Yeah. My car's not as nice
0: as yours. My house isn't as big as but yours. But why? Because they're trying to they're trying yeah. to defeat the. But miserable. But they're not operating through their gifts. They're trying like to you said. They're, they're trying to oper- they're trying to defeat the miserable. Yeah. I'm miserable. How many more girls can I have? I'm miserable. Cal's happy. He drives the car he wants. Maybe if I get the car he wants, blah, blah, blah. T is not miserable. I'm miserable. Maybe I should look at the house he bought. You, you see what I'm saying? Sure. So a lot of this superficial activity is operating out of the fact that no matter what people look like, a lot of them are not operating out of their gifts. Yo,
2: I saw a great meme. It was Bill Gates and Warren Buffett sitting somewhere at a, a sports game. And it was like you didn't see a Gucci belt on any of right. these dudes, a Fendi scarf, none of that crap. And those are two of the richest dudes on the planet. And not to mention, when I used to live in Omaha, Warren Buffett was famous for – he drove like an eight-year-old a, a Cadillac. Full, a full, yeah, yeah. He had a very he modest lives home. lives in the same home. He's like, look, man. Dollars. He's like, the game to me isn't about like spending
0: money. It's about like he's one of the benefiting best. businesses. It's about investing he's properly. He's one of the best examples. That's why I hate the word swagger. I said it probably five times because I've told five different groups that I hate it. And I'm gonna say it six times. Swagger insinuates faking at social media right me, there. To me, swagger insinuates pr- projecting something that's not true. Yeah. I, w- I need people and I need everyone that I come across to be so comfortable with the truth that now you can choose Which direction, according to the truth, that's put in front of you And people want authenticity They want authenticity They love the parties, the girls, the private
2: planes, the bling But like, authenticity trumps all that, man That's where your fulfillment is going to come from So, Trey, man, I feel bad We've just been rapping so hard over here that like Trey Day We've been staring in each other's eyes Just bringing it, so Trey, what you got, man? Bring us home.
1: No, you guys, it really nailed it on the head. Um, With with a lot of the things, it's it's not about uh, in the long run. It's not about how much how much money's in the bank. It's about what you guys can be able to provide to the community, and uh, and really give back to the to the charity. So you know. Uh, You guys you guys really uh, honed in on it. And uh, yeah, Jimmy, thanks for uh, having you on today.
2: Jimmy, I really appreciate you, man. Uh, Dude, seriously, everything you've done with us at Make a Day. Thanks
0: for having me. dude. I was excited about being here. You guys are doing an amazing something and you're giving, believe it or not, I think this stuff is so necessary because you're giving people a platform to consider things that otherwise they wouldn't even be in a position to consider. That's awesome, Jimmy. So where, where can we find it? Plug something real quick for us. Uh, man, you guys can go to uh, Beyond Ability Matters. That's the foundation for autism. Um, you guys can go to sportsworld.org. That's the organization that we travel across the entire country speaking in school systems. And you, can, you guys can check me out anywhere you want to. Um, JimmyCBell.com is the website, but on social media, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, I'm always available real soon here. I'm going to be setting up a, a really amazing um, life coaching. Um, I call it lifestyle coaching platform. That's going to be able to le- allow me to more intimately engage with um, even more individuals. So I'm pretty excited about that.
2: Fantastic. And and again, guys, that's going to be Jimmy J I M M I E. Cause bell. we don't know
0: that Y guy. <laughs> I don't know who the Y
2: dude is. <laughs> My man. We'll catch you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Lucrative Lessons. We hope you learned something today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes. If we earned your five-star review, please leave one. Helps for visibility. Also, you can check out more at llpcast.com. All proceeds go to our 501c3 nonprofit, the Make-A-Day Foundation,
1: where you can find more at makeaday.fun. We'll catch you next time.